Part 9 Chapter 26 Tuesday, March 5th Vera suggests Monk McGinn's on Murray Street. This is a popular after-work spot and dangerously close to my office, but I agree to it anyway and follow her inside. I glance around furtively and am relieved when I do not see any of my co-workers. The hostess shows us to a corner table and I give Vera the cushioned inside seat. We read through the menus silently. There is a long list of craft beers and cocktails that are cleverly named with a Gangs of New York theme, such as Bill the Butcher and the Monk. Vera orders the Boss Tweed, which appears to be an espresso martini. I choose the five points to play along. So, Raymond, what did you think of Sarah? She's a disgrace. I take a drink of water and Vera grins. Is she a CPA? Yes, actually. But she also has a social work degree. A social work degree? I narrow my eyes suspiciously. See for yourself. She pulls up the AWE website on her phone and shows me the homepage. Sarah Albright. MSW? CPA. She should make up her mind. Vera reads aloud from the website. Sarah Albright understands that people come from many different walks of life. And while they mean well, some nonprofit organizations need a little extra help to succeed. She looks up, her eyes gleaming. Then she continues. Sarah embraces this challenge and gives her clients the accounting guidance they need using patience and compassion. Services include internal controls, general ledger support, audit prep, and 990 tax return preparation. In a world of many choices, won't you choose empathy? She looks up again and we both laugh loudly. We are still laughing when the waitress arrives with our drinks. I take a sip and nod approvingly. Vera notices and is pleased. That's the five points? Yes, it's good. It's basically a Manhattan. She nods and sips her drink. Hers is dark brown with a foamy froth on top, served in a martini glass. Delicious. This tastes like fresh espresso. She sips again. Anyway, Sarah appears to be doing well for herself. The reclaimed wood furniture felt expensive. And that MacBook looked brand new. That's true. I narrow my eyes again. Anyway, you wanted to talk? What's happened with Evelyn? Right. Evelyn said that City Hall gave her clearance for us to speak with Jerome Taylor about Hellno's finances. She asked me to set up a meeting. Oh? And what did you tell her? I said that I would. I take a larger sip. Is that all you told her? Her eyes glisten. She is enjoying this. I did not tell her that you and I had already interviewed Jerome, if that's what you're asking. Okay. She smiles. And did you call Jerome? No, I called in sick today. <laughs> she laughs wickedly now, and I feel a flash of annoyance. I take a large swig to embolden myself. This isn't a game, you know. 
Who said it was? She is still smiling. You made me lie to my boss. Really? It seems to me that you did that all on your own. Does Evelyn know how many times you watched Hell No in secret? I look down and feel the corners of my mouth turn up. I know she's right, but I don't concede. You spied on Hell No just as much. I saw you there. Yes, yes I did. She shrugs. Anyway, don't worry about Evelyn. I'm the Department of Investigation. You are required to cooperate with me. As is she. I'll call her if you like. I see. I feel a pleasant buzz now and decide to press on. And will you also tell her that you secretly met with Stephanie? And Sharon? I expect her to be angry or to deny my accusation. But instead, she's delighted. Raymond Lee, you have been busy. Which reminds me, that license plate you asked me to run? It belongs to L. Lawrence. She flags down our waitress and asks for another round. Really? That's interesting. How so? You said it was parked outside the Hell No office. It was. I feel myself grin. But I also saw it parked on Flatbush Avenue, near Jerome Taylor's office. Her eyes widen with genuine surprise, and we both laugh. You were at Jerome's office? Well, not exactly. I had juniors for lunch. Ah, and when was this? The day you came to our office, actually. That afternoon. She considers this. So L. Lawrence went to visit Jerome Taylor soon after Jocelyn's murder. You're right. That is interesting. You should ask Jerome about that when you meet with him again. If you meet with him. The waitress arrives with our drinks, and Vera orders guacamole with chips and a mini cheese plate platter. I am pleased. She plans to stay a while. Then she looks at me and smiles. So... Raymond Lee, what's your story? I feel myself flush and sip my drink to stall. What do you mean? I mean, tell me about yourself. Have you always worked for the city? Oh, yes. Almost 20 years now. She nods. And do you like it? It's okay, I guess. It's not as interesting as what you do. Then, to my surprise, I say more. I tried to be an FBI agent once when I was younger. Intriguing. Were you an X-Files fan? I snort. It started earlier than that, actually. I grew up here in the 70s, and my parents didn't let me go out much. So I read mysteries in the library and watched TV. I used to watch In Search Of with my mother. She smiles with recognition. With Leonard Nimoy, yes, I remember. Sunday nights? Yes, I was fascinated with the Lindbergh baby episode and D.B. Cooper. Agree. What are your theories? I thought Lindbergh was lying. Really? About his own son's kidnapping? Yes, his account of the events was implausible. And how old were you when you concluded this? Eight. She laughs. So when did you apply for the FBI? A few years after college. 
I had good grades and I made it through several rounds of interviews, but I didn't make the final cut. I take another sip. I consider telling her more, but I don't. And are you married? She holds my gaze and I feel myself flush again. No, I never was. You? No, me either. She stirs her drink. A casualty of the job, I suppose. I love my work, but I find myself suspicious of everyone now. Even my family. Oh, me too. I once accused my 86-year-old mother of lying. Just once? We both laugh now. Anyway, I was almost engaged once. She's a special agent for the IRS now. She smiles cryptically. How interesting. Yes, you remind me a bit of her, actually. I am appalled that I said this and empty half of my drink. She looks back at me, amused. Then the waitress arrives at our food and Vera changes the subject. So I found the most wonderful treats for my plants. Would you like to see? She opens the camera roll on her phone and shows me a photo. Are those mealworms? Yes, but they are organically grown. Sarah Albright would be pleased. I laugh and scoop some guacamole onto a chip. Where did you get them? Pacific Aquarium and Plant on Delancey Street. Oh, I go there too. Here, look. I pop the chip into my mouth and pull out my phone. I want to show Vera my fish. But before I can, Vera's expression changes and I feel a presence behind me. Hello, Raymond. Feeling better, I see? I freeze at the sound of her voice and then turn to face her. Oh, hello, Evelyn. Chapter 27 Evelyn smiles cruelly, both angry and amused. I've been caught. She eyes our drinks and the photo on my phone and turns to Vera. Well, hello, Vera. I'm glad you're here. Raymond called in sick today, and yet here he is. She eyes the drinks again. Shall I report this to your office? Abuse of sick leave by a city employee. My heart beats faster, but Vera laughs graciously. Evelyn, why don't you join us? Raymond was just showing me pictures of his fish. Yes, I can see that. Evelyn hesitates, and then to my dismay, she takes the empty seat next to me. One drink, maybe. You don't mind, do you, Raymond? I manage a reasonably polite, of course not. I remove my coat from the back of her chair and drape it over my own. Evelyn smiles again, enjoying my discomfort. Vera summons the waitress. Evelyn, they have the most wonderful cocktails here. I'm having the boss tweed, and Raymond has the five points. How clever. Evelyn looks at the menu briefly and orders a very boring white wine spritzer. Then she turns to me. The funniest thing happened today, Raymond. You were out, so I called Jerome Taylor myself to schedule a meeting with our office. And would you like to guess what he said? My heart beats faster again, and I take a sip of my drink to stall. She knows. What? No guesses, Raymond? I stare down at my drink, and she turns to Vera. And how about you? Any guesses for what Jerome Taylor might have said to me today? To my surprise, Vera grins. 
Was it that Raymond and I had already met with him yesterday? Evelyn's face falters slightly and Vera's grin broadens. Am I right? How awkward for you, Evelyn. Evelyn stares incredulously as Vera dips a chip into the guacamole. Vera crunches the chip and continues. It's nothing personal, of course. I asked Raymond to join me for a sensitive conversation about an accounting matter. I also asked for his discretion. And as you know, cooperation with my office is mandatory for city employees. Evelyn's face freezes. As you know, Vera, oversight of the Hell No contract is my office's responsibility, and withholding relevant information from me is counterproductive. The waitress arrives with Evelyn's drink. She looks back and forth between Vera and Evelyn, noticing the tension. Then she retreats, and Vera smiles. Anyway, are you still meeting with Jerome? Evelyn squeezes the lime wedge over her drink and stirs. Not as of now. I said I would get back to him. Vera nods. Well, he told us yesterday that he wasn't aware of the phony receipts. And I believe him. Raymond confirmed that the original billings from Jerome did not contain the receipts in question. Evelyn glares at me and turns back to Vera. So what do we think then? Jocelyn made them up? Most likely, yes. Okay. Evelyn takes a sip. And Joshua Taylor, the intern. Any relation? Vera smirks. His nephew, apparently. But nothing of interest. Jerome copied him on that email because of the city hall address. He hoped it would prompt your staff to respond. Ah, can one of you tell that to Stephanie, please? I look at Vera, Vera looks at Evelyn, and we all laugh falsely. Then Evelyn looks at her watch. Well, this was fun, but I actually came here to meet my husband. He should be here shortly. She glances at me. It sounds like we have what we need from Jerome. Vera responds. Actually, there is one outstanding issue. Can you confirm, please, if Jerome has any current business dealings with L. Lawrence? Do you have any reason to think that he does? She looks directly at Vera, assessing her reaction. Vera smiles and shrugs. Evelyn pulls a 20 from her wallet and throws it on the table. Then she stands up and addresses both of us. Okay, got it. You two enjoy whatever this is. She waves her hands back and forth over the table. Vera, if you have a request for my office, then tell me directly, and I will gladly cooperate but give me all the facts so I know what I'm dealing with. Vera says nothing, but her eyes twinkle. Evelyn tuts and turns to me. And Raymond, as you seem to have recovered, I expect to see you bright and early tomorrow, nine o'clock, my office. Yes, of course. My heart is pounding now. Evelyn puts on her coat and walks towards the door. She greets her husband by the entrance, but she says something to him, and they leave together. Vera sighs loudly. So, where were we? You were showing me your fish? I pause. Actually, I think I should go. I need to get ready for tomorrow. Oh, I see. Her face falls with what might be genuine disappointment. Then her phone chimes with a new text. She reads it silently and looks up, beaming. Well, this is interesting. 
It's from the detectives. Forensics finished their lab report. They haven't found the murder weapon yet, but they've identified what it is. Really? I feel a rush of adrenaline despite myself. She notices and is pleased. Yes, and we could actually use your office's help. I hesitate, and she notices this also. She sighs and responds as though I had answered. Yes, understood. I will reach out to Evelyn tomorrow. Chapter 28, Wednesday, March 6th. I arrive at the office early and get a black coffee and banana from the cart outside our building. I eat at my desk and swallow two Excedrin with my coffee. My hangover is mild, but I want my mind to be clear when I meet with Evelyn at nine. I choke down the rest of the banana and start my computer. As I open my outlook, I hear a small, awkward noise uttered from behind. It is Stephanie, standing in the doorway of my cubicle. Um, hi, Raymond. Good morning, Stephanie. I say this flatly. It's too early for courtesy. She shifts nervously and looks around to confirm that we're alone. Yes, well, do you have a minute? I glance at my watch. It is only 8.40. I nod and she sits in the visitor chair next to me. Then she lowers her voice to a loud whisper. Um, Evelyn sent us both an invite last night. To meet in her office at nine? I raise my eyebrows slightly and wonder why Stephanie is included. Oh? Yes, and? She swallows inelegantly. Well, she also made a comment yesterday about you being out. I raise my eyebrows again, fully this time. Surprised by both Evelyn's indiscretion and Stephanie's candor. Thank you. That is helpful. Let's actually find a conference room. We walk together to conference room E. I flick on the light, and the crumbs and coffee-stained napkin are still there from last time. Stephanie slides around the conference table, and I close the door behind us. Then I pause, deciding how much to reveal. I should tell you, Stephanie, that I ran into Evelyn last night at Monk McGinn's. I was there with Deputy Inspector General Wong. Stephanie gasps and her eyes widen. But why? Did Vera reach out to you, too? She did, in fact. I have met with her multiple times. Oh. She looks down at the table and turns a light shade of magenta. She met with Sharon also, I believe, although I don't know for sure. I saw Sharon walking in the direction of Vera's office one afternoon. I see. So Vera reached out to all of us? Yes, so it seems. I feel a twinge of pity as she visibly deflates. At the very least, Evelyn knows that both you and I have been speaking to Vera. She confronted Vera about this last night. Stephanie's head jerks up. What did Evelyn say? She asked Vera to be more forthcoming about the investigation. Vera responded that she had reached out to me directly to handle a sensitive accounting matter and that she had also asked for my discretion. She didn't mention you. Stephanie's shoulders sag as she turns a deeper shade of pink. Then she looks at me pleadingly. So what do we do now? As city employees, we are obligated to cooperate with DOI when requested. Evelyn knows this, 
and Vera reminded her again last night. Stephanie nods, but her mouth droops downward like an anguished clown. I look at my watch. It is 8.57. I do my best to attempt a sympathetic smile. Well, we shouldn't keep Evelyn waiting. Come, we'll go together. Evelyn's door is closed when we arrive at her office. I knock tentatively, and Evelyn shouts, Come in! I open the door, and Evelyn is smiling from behind her desk. Sharon sits in the only visitor chair and is also smiling. Stephanie turns to me uncertainly, and we both wait in the doorway. Evelyn looks at Sharon, amused, and forms a tent with her fingers. Raymond! Stephanie! Come in, please, and close the door. I do as requested. There is nowhere to sit, so Stephanie and I stand awkwardly in the corner. Evelyn looks at me directly, her eyes twinkling. Then she pulls out her cell phone and starts playing the Mission Impossible theme at full volume. Stephanie gulps and turns a bright scarlet. I narrow my eyes at Evelyn, appalled at her display. I start to speak, but Evelyn holds up her hand and insists that we listen through to the end. She picks up a pen with her other hand and pretends to conduct, stabbing the air for emphasis. When the song is over, Evelyn and Sharon laugh together, pleased with their cleverness. I give Evelyn a hard stare, which amuses her even more. Finally, she composes herself and speaks. So, Raymond, Stephanie... It has come to my attention that both of you have been meeting discreetly with Deputy Inspector General Wong. Stephanie gasps. But Sharon did also? Not just us? Evelyn's eyes flash momentarily. Yes. Sharon met with Vera also. But Sharon advised me of the meeting beforehand, didn't you, Sharon? Of course. And I gave you a full briefing after. Stephanie squeaks and looks down at the floor again. Sharon smirks and Evelyn continues. Anyway, what has happened, happened. But I am asking you both, starting now, to cut the cloak and dagger crap. Going forward, I asked Vera to communicate all DOI requests pertaining to the Hell No investigation directly through me. And she agreed. Evelyn looks straight at me now, daring me to challenge her. I mumble a thank you and look at the floor. Stephanie thanks her also, and Evelyn nods. Good. Vera also briefed me this morning on the progress of the investigation. Raymond, it seems that we don't need to speak to Jerome Taylor again, at least not yet. I see. Evelyn smirks and I look away. But Vera did ask for our help with another matter. As you know, Jocelyn died from blunt force trauma. The detectives haven't found a murder weapon yet, but the forensics report came back yesterday. Oh? I say this casually, but Evelyn holds my gaze, testing me. I decide to come clean. Vera mentioned this last night, but she didn't tell me the details. I asked her to go through you. Thank you for that, Raymond. She smiles genuinely now, and I nod politely. She may have known this already. Anyway... It seems that forensics found small traces of paint chips in the wound, consistent with the paint from a space gray MacBook, similar to this model here. She turns her screen around and shows us an advertisement for a MacBook Pro. 
I feel an inappropriate smile begin to form. Jocelyn was killed with a MacBook. That is... unexpected. Evelyn eyes me quizzically. It would seem so, yes. Did Jocelyn use a MacBook? Do you remember seeing one when you were at the Hell No office? Stephanie responds. No, she had paper copies and a binder? And a calculator? I think back to our meeting. Yes, it was a pink plastic calculator. A child's toy. Evelyn eyes me again. Okay, well let's see if anyone at Hell No ever billed us for a MacBook. Can you go through their invoices, please, and let me know what you find? Then we'll call Vera together. I walk back to my cubicle, jittery with adrenaline and determined to find the MacBook receipt. Stephanie follows behind silently. I sit down at my desk, and Stephanie lingers, hovering at my doorway. I gesture at my visitor chair, and she steps inside. We pour through the invoices together, working backwards from the most recent billings. To my surprise, the billings have improved. The last few are well-organized, tie correctly, and have copies of receipts attached. It must be AWE's influence. But as we go back further, the billings are messier and harder to follow. We reach one from seven months ago, and the charges are poorly mapped to the expense categories. The rent is charged to supplies, and there are once again large, unlabeled expenses charged to the subcontract line. This was Jocelyn's handiwork. Then we open the billing from eight months ago. Stephanie gasps and points to the screen, and I see it too. There, clear as day, is the receipt for one space gray MacBook. Stephanie stares at the screen. I print the page and save the file to a thumb drive. Then we walk together to Evelyn's office. I knock on the open door, and Evelyn looks up expectantly. Well, did you find it? We did, actually. She raises her eyebrows, and I hand her the page from the billing. She reads it and smirks. Does it say anywhere who the MacBook is for? No, and they charged it to the subcontract line, along with some other unlikely expenses. Here's the full file. I hand her the thumb drive, and she pulls up the invoice on her screen. Now she snorts. Okay. Can you close the door, please? Sharon's in a meeting, but I'll update her later. Let's call Vera. Stephanie takes the visitor's chair, leaving me to stand by the door. I ease the door shut, and Evelyn dials. Vera, this is Evelyn Torres. I'm here with Raymond Lee and Stephanie O'Donnell. You're on speaker. Excellent. What did you find? Her voice purrs, and my heart beats faster. Stephanie looks at the floor. We found a receipt for one space gray MacBook. It's from eight months ago. Interesting. Did they provide a justification for the expense? No, and it's charged at a subcontract line, which is likely a mistake. Hmm. I wonder. I can picture her expression, and I feel myself smile. Can you send me the full invoice, please? Sure. Evelyn starts typing and clicks send. Okay, let me know when you get it. We all wait silently, 
Then we hear a ping from Vera's end. Received. Thank you. We hear her type. She is quiet for a long moment. Page 17. Do you see it? Yes. She is silent again, and I wonder what she is thinking. So how would you like to proceed? Well, I will call the detectives. We need to speak to L. Lawrence.